Uh, I love it. I love it when you open the podcast but don't actually hit record. I know, right? It was great. I was like, hey, and you're like, we just lost like 15 minutes of good material. You know, some would say we lost it. Some would say that it's you know, if you if you uh, if you tip us over on our coffee, then you then you can get it there. It was the sum total of the good material we've had this year, and it wasn't recorded. It was the best material. I mean, we talked about how much Dan loved the new Batman movie, and, um, (laughs) oh, man. No, we didn't. Every movie has to be dark and broody. I actually liked it, everybody. I watched it on the 4th of July. Well, maybe I should watch it again. I don't know if I was in the right state when I watched it. I I mean, did not enjoy it at all. You know, the best way to watch it, I'm telling you, man. It was long and boring. You you watch it while something else is going on. You're trying to distract your dogs, and then you're you're also like a six pack in of your favorite beverage, Mountain Dew. You're trying to distract me from what we're covering today. No, I'm not. I just don't want to get. Yeah, I, you're you you're know. employing the same dog tactic that you were employ, employing. You're like you're employing the dog tactic on me. I know, right? It's great. Like right? distract me with things I like to talk about, so I don't talk <laughs> about this book. You don't want to talk about my dogs? Oh. No, I don't. I've got two little dogs just like your dogs right next to me that bark all day long while I'm working because the two people next door to me are school teachers and they are home all summer. So they bring them out all day long and all day long they bark. My dogs only bark at you when you come over for the first two minutes and then the rest of the time they just want to sit on your lap. Right. But if your dogs were next to me and they barked all day, I would be really annoyed. True. I understand. So... You are trying to distract me like you do the little dogs so they don't bark. But I'm not going to bark today. Like, I'm not mad at you at all. Okay, good, good. That's good. That's good. Why would I be mad at Greg? Greg's like one of the nicest people on the earth. I know. I know. I'm like, I mean, you, you're, you're not the same person trying to get Rishiki to give me a stink face. You're not the same Dan that, uh, by the um, way, Rikishi, you should give Greg Smith a stink face at Ocon on one of these three days, July 21st, July 22nd, or July 23rd. Rikishi, if you're out there and you're listening, Greg deserves a stink face, especially now. I, you know, I don't think he's listening. Well, he may not be listening, but I may enlighten him when we're there. And you, or you think some, one of our, 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 our listener is going to tell him. (laughs) Well, it's my hope that if you see us at Ocon, you may have the opportunity to pick up the book we're going to review. And if not this one, at least a couple of the issues before it. Oh, yes, this book. Yes, this book we're going to review. Yes, Brett will and have We're reviewing, spo- and I do, I'm going to throw out spoilers because I actually received the hard copy of this book yesterday from yeah. Kickstarter. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to review Starlight number five. We've reviewed one, two, three, and four. And so we probably should review number five. I would let you do number six, but I mean, I'm just joking. I wouldn't let you. Yeah, do you're six. you're so funny. You always, you know, tease me. You won't, you know. I, I used to you. get to edit. I used to get to edit things and look at things ahead of time, but not anymore. No, I don't get to see the secret project. I don't get to see I, issue six of Starlight. You, I don't get to see any plot breakdowns for Junior Braves. No, no, I you, am locked out now. I'm sorry. I mean, my lawyer says I can't talk to you about this stuff anymore your lawyer's a hack (laughs) i you know i i i can't say anything about him i'm legally i mean your lawyer can choke out the other person's lawyer but yeah that's and he can choke me out too and i don't want that well anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we should get on track and stop avoiding oh. Oh, Starlight man. number five. Okay, four minutes in and into the content we go. Well, you are you're avoiding. I'm avoiding because I I know. I mean, I'm not. I, well, I will say, like, okay, you tell me what you think. Like, you you take a look at this cover that Brett did for us. I mean, if that's the cover. You know what? Video, Let's but... pause on that before okay. we get into this book. We should yeah. probably should recap the first four issues because they come out once every six months. So we shouldn't okay. just expect the reader to be up on this. All right. And also, we might even want to get the reader, the listener, right, interested yeah. in maybe buying these books at Ocon or from overcast comics website so maybe we should you know let folks know what was going on before this book oh i suppose i suppose maybe you could give us a nice little recap a nice uh, little let us recap. know and i'm gonna give you some parameters because i know how you can you know wander a little bit when your mind gets going and do really evil things with your brain so what i would like to do in this mm -hmm. recap is if you could both recap the plot of the first four issues and tell us who the main antagonists and protagonists are. Okay. All right. Let's see. Where do we begin? It's your story, and you've already paused 30 seconds thinking about what you're going to say. <laughs> I know, right? Starlight begins in the Pacific Northwest. We, we, we meet uh, a couple of teenagers, uh, a sister and brother. Uh, we, we meet Sarah. Their names? <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Boy, oh boy, thank you. Gee, Willikers. <laughs> Man. Um, I hope this is how you pitched the book. I know, this is how I pitched the book. This is like, uh, you know, my, my talk to, to, to the, the folks, the folks over at the streaming service was like, so, um, this is, this is a book. You're going to love it. It's and great. It has characters. It has as characters. a guy and a girl. And basically space cat pirates and uh, superhero kids. That's all you need to know. Hi, well, Jinx. Plot um, recap. Anyway. Okay. Plot recap. So, um, man. Okay. So you have the sister and brother. You have Sarah and. Oh, my God. Like, I'm already all over. Do I need to recap your book? Nah. <sighs> You have Sarah and so, Chris. Yes, since you're so good at it. Um, Sarah and Chris are, are teenagers in the Pacific Northwest. They get an abrupt door knock from a uh, telemarketer. No, they get a who wants to give them an extended warranty on their car. And uh, now he's a journalist who thinks that they might be the child superheroes from the past. And uh, that's where we meet Roger. And during this whole entire meeting uh all three of them are kidnapped by space cat pirates who are sent by uh the the seek and the keep the vine seek and the vine keep who are our antagonists of the story and they basically want to to collect up this 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 item that they believe that they have so this is all in the first book and then you know in the second third and the fourth book is essentially, I mean, I can, I can do this really fast is, is essentially Sarah, Chris and Roger trying to fight for their lives and figure a way back to earth against space cat pirates, crazy mean looking interdimensional space or space spiders that are space wizard spiders. And, uh, and the spiders are called the, the, the vine seek and the vine keep. Right. And the cats are called. Oh, man. 
they're they have they each have their own individual names, but uh, I just call them the Space Cat Pirates. Okay. What 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 do you you have a is there another name that we use for them that I've forgotten? That's, I mean, that's fine. They, We're gonna go. Each, you you are the I, the storyteller. So. I know, I know. Well, they each have their own name. There there is um, there was the dad and the brothers, right? Yes, the dad, the brother, the sister, and the mother. And uh, so it's uh, man. Okay, well, we, we the names of the cats their, are un, un, unimportant at this moment. You'll um, get their names all except them. in issue four. We have a whole story arc of redemption with the, the cats. Yes. And and as we leave issue four, the cats are now teaming up with Chris and, with Chris Sarah, and Sarah and Roger. And, and, and Sarah, we find out, actually does have a power. Yes, she can melt things. She can melt things because we find out that, yes, indeed, Roger was correct. These were the superhero children that he was looking for. Well, These we don't were, know that for sure. Well, no. Well. Yeah, no. I mean, we do as the reader, but Roger's only found one of them. He he's putting it together in his head. I guess doesn't Chris just tell him he's Chris right? tells him at the end of the yeah. end of book four. And also in book four, we find out that Sarah can only use her power when she is high. Yes. Or thinks she can only use her power when she is high. Yes. It it, it heightens the it it elevates her to a uh, level where she is able to release the power. I mean, you are the author, so I don't want to critique <coughs> what you and so we're getting to start no, no, at number no, five. No, and I, I do want to say, I do want to say, yes, well, let, let's introduce the crew first. We've got Travis Webb, uh, the he he is the mastermind of the story. He I mean, for those who are uh, who haven't been keeping track all along, uh, he is writing and plot, writing and plot. So this this came from literally uh, his mind while he was at Burning Man. With Brett. And then we've got Greg Smith writing right. and plot support. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Character development. And Brett Wadelli. Wadelli, yes. Uh, doing all the amazing art. That amazing. Yeah. Some uh, first issue watercolor and now it's computer, right? But still yeah. watercolor style. Yeah. Right? He, so. he did. Well, so he does everything like by hand and then he does it. Then he, he paints it all digitally. Yeah. It's, I mean, the art's crazy. Yeah beautiful uh if you've never seen brett's stuff i always talk about brett's stuff because it's it's amazing and then you got a all-star letterer for this one too oh yeah uh tom warnishowski yeah uh which if you uh if you're not familiar with the name uh there's this this book series this this book series has been around for for just a little bit um uh called what is that uh, the spawn oh spawn i've yeah. never heard of it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he's a um, Guinness World Record holder for lettering. Um, <laughs> so I don't it, let your wife hurt me. Yeah, but I just sent five signed issues of Spawn or six signed issues of Spawn off to get slabbed. Did you? And s- signature verified. Oh wow! Yeah, by CBCS. Go. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I, you know, my 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 feelings on this are kind of in, in the same, along the same lines as my wife. But sometimes uh, we do happen upon collections where there's like a item and it's like, it, it comes to us that way. And it's like, well, I wouldn't normally go and do this myself, but it's kind of cool to have this well, thing. I also have two more signed issues of number one and number two and one, of three, four, five, and six unslabbed. unslabbed. And 
uh, I think an extra issue of one and two unslabbed. So eh, eh. not that they're worth that much, but you know, it's signed. It's, and, it's cool to have, dude. Cool. To well, have. it's cool to have. I mean, it's one of those situations where I do want to talk about the book, but since yeah. we went to Todd McFarlane's comic shop when we were kids yeah, and he was there and would just sign things, we weren't, we just thought that was amazing. We weren't thinking it, about selling them no, 40 years later. No, well, like, not even for, well, I shouldn't say 40 years later, but 30 years plus, later. Yeah. When you're, yeah. when you're, when you're a high school kid and you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy draws the things that we're reading right now this is so cool. He's here right now talking to us like people. What the heck? You know? Yeah. And his brother-in-law talked to us all the time. He owned yeah. The store. Yeah. I know. Like it was, I mean, we, we had the inside route on anything Todd was doing at the time. Yeah. Including him getting into the toy business, which is hilarious. Cause I feel like that's where he made most of his money. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a ton of his toys hanging out in my basement in cases <laughs> just because I mean, like literally display cases, not like, hey, I want to just throw this in a tote. I mean, because yeah. they're cool. So, <laughs> so. but uh, with that said, yeah, I mean, a great a great group. Uh, Travis is written. He's he's like a ghostwriter supreme on movie scripts, a fixer. I don't want to call him a ghostwriter. He's, he's a fixer. He, he gets called in to fix things. And actually, um, most recently, and, uh, he's, he's pretty, pretty excited. He actually is, um, he was brought in to, uh, to finish and work on, uh, I can talk about it cause it's actually on IMDb now is, uh, Albert Payune's uh, last work, uh, which if you grew up in the nineties and you watched, uh, I, I could, I could throw, uh, a ton of names out there, but any of the nemesis movies, cyborg, um, uh, uh I'm trying to think, uh, uh, aliens from LA, uh, atomic dreams. Um, just, I mean, there's just tons, tons of things. The, uh, Captain America movie, <laughs> uh, he, he was, he was the man behind uh, those things. Captain American movie, the original Captain American Oof. movie. Yeah. Okay. No, dude, it's really cool. And he's, and, and Travis actually is, um, he's, he's working on some other stuff. So it's, uh, along, along that lines of stuff, but it's, it's pretty cool. He, um, he got to, uh, take a look at, what Albert had done in the past and, and he's actually getting, getting some, getting some credibility for his, his actual writing. He was called in to, to finish it up and to, to put it all back together, you know, cause Albert passed away, um, not too long ago and he would, he's never going to see this piece completed, but as Travis is a super fan, <laughs> uh, getting, getting the call to do this and, and getting his name actually on the bill, is like uh, a dream come true. So super proud of him. I like, yeah. Well, I, and, and uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just like, I I'm super proud of him. This is uh also, I'll just say, talk to Travis. Well, I didn't message with Travis today. We didn't speak, yeah. but we were messaging and, uh, he actually cares about my opinion about this book. And yes, he does. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I I messaged him last night to show him that the hard copy had shown up at the house. And then he asked me what I thought. So I'm going to tell you verbatim what I told him. All right. It's really good. And I couldn't sleep after I read it. <laughs> and Travis said, can you please put that in a review? <laughs> I said, certainly, I will say it right on the podcast. Oh, my God. 
Uh, and so, friends, you are in for a bit of a ride here. Um, that's, and I believe I told you about the same thing last night after I was done reading it. I, and I literally couldn't. I was up for a good hour and a half. I read it late because uh, we were going to cover it on the podcast today. And mm-hmm. then I couldn't sleep for a while. I, I will tell you, when Travis and I were putting this to bed, so to speak, and sending it off to Tom, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, this is this is a really good issue. Um, and then we like two days later, cause Tom got it, read it and then messaged back. And he was like, that is a really good issue. Yeah. <laughs> and, what, <laughs> and what I want to say before we get started. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I'm channeling my inner Travis now because Travis does all sorts of, of writing coaching. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is the best writing allows the reader to put themselves into the story in some capacity and interpret along with the characters. And what you all did with this piece, and we're going to get into it, is you give so many points where people can relate to what's happening in the story that they can link their own experiences to what the characters are feeling Mm -hmm. while the characters are feeling the feelings. Well, that's good. And that's <laughs> the best writing, right? The best writing draws the reader in to feel along with the characters, but also allows them the room to interpret what's going on through their frame of reference and through their lens. Like there's nothing heavy handed here and forced. And that Thank you. <laughs> I'll say as we start the critique, that's the compliment I'm giving the two of you in writing this. And then the three of you, because Brett's art, brings us to life, right? Oh, Without Brett's yeah. art here, it doesn't happen. And we go ahead and start out on the cover. So we've got one of the vine seek mm-hmm. behind Chris. We get a close up on Chris's face and you just see Chris's hand and there's blood dripping off it. And I love this cover for multiple reasons. One, it's beautiful, but two, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I have a pretty good idea. But I don't know for sure, because Brett is nice enough in the classic comic book sense to leave it open enough Mm -hmm. for interpretation. Right. And if you remember at the end of the last story, Cat Brother and Chris had just gone off to uh, fight, hold off the Vine Seek. Mm -hmm. Sarah was recovering. She was no longer high, but she also was sort of re I'm assuming, and it hasn't been disclosed completely yet, but I think her powers sort of need to recharge or be triggered by an emotional state. Uh, So we're, we don't, you all haven't told us that exactly yet, um, but we know that the drugs help right with the emotional state and they, Mm -hmm. they help open up her perception, right? So she can, the, the way I see it, and this is what you told me to say earlier, and now it's been like, 10 minutes later, right? And now I'll say it. The way I interpret her power use and the drugs right now is that the drugs alter her state of reality to the point that she believes that she can actually do the thing. Mm-hmm. But without the drugs, she doesn't believe she can actually do the thing. Right. And she doesn't, she just believes they're both kids that didn't have powers. Right. And so, and since her brother presumably doesn't have powers or was getting the powers in his association with her or being close to her, by proc, you know, proximity, right? Then she really does. Like she sees her reality is that her brother doesn't have powers. They've grown up. Their kid life was their kid life and they moved on. And now she does her thing. 
And the only time she can actually use these powers or perceive that they could possibly be real is when she's in an altered state. That's how I see it. And and, and that's th- pretty that's pretty close. I mean, they do like they. Uh, I'm not sure if we said it in four or not, or if you get it more in now, more of an explanation. I think you get more of an explanation in this in this issue as yes, to how they got their about powers. to get there. So, um, so we'll roll that out, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's pretty dead on. And then the type of, and, and for, for those listening, and if you're not familiar with the types, types of drugs she's using, uh, ecstasy is a, is a mood, uh, elevator. It is definitely something that will get you into, a, into a different emotional state that from where you were to a different place. And, and there's a lot of studies that, um, that, researchers have done to 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 test that and to use that and, and it's crazy to think that in the 70s they were using uh ecstasy as a um, as a marriage counseling tool <laughs> but um well then well then um but just go home it, and use well, some of this well no because it would it would it would change your mood right. and elevate your feelings so you're pretty close to it. And, and I mean, now people use it recreationally um, for different things uh, to f- see music, to feel music and to feel more connected to those around them or to feel connected to your melting powers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That are not created by a thing on your chest that zaps exactly. people. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we get to the opening page and we have a question. Do you remember the Starlight Drive-In? And I answered, of course I remember the Starlight Drive-In. <laughs> the Starlight Drive-In is in Lakewood or was in Lakewood in Tacoma, Washington. And I did a little bit of research for us as we get into, because you asked me a question, so mm-hmm. I have to answer it. See, the Starlight was built in 1948. Did you know mm-hmm. that? I did not know that. Yeah. It was once one of the largest drive-in theaters in the world and was a landmark of Highway 99 before they built I-5, and Highway mm-hmm. 99 was renamed to South Tacoma Way mm-hmm. in Tacoma. There are still parts of Highway 99, but it's weird. It doesn't actually stay connected completely, but you can drive on most of it. Yeah. And Highway 99, Everett, for those folks that don't know, Everett. was the route from Los Angeles to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, and the Starlight stopped showing movies in 1996. Mm-hmm. And we are both aware of this. Uh, they did because. show movies for a long time, but it basically became a giant swap meet as we went into our high school years. Yeah. And then it just became a permanent swap meet. And in 2005, the swap meet was shut down by mm-hmm. liquid licensing code because people were just selling stolen goods, which all sorts of things <laughs> also shouldn't be a surprise because they were definitely doing that in like 1991. So uh, yeah, probably <laughs> when you could roll in and buy any kind of car part you're looking for. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably happening. And in yeah. 2014, a seller was arrested for peddling drugs, hidden mattresses, according to Cairo seven news. So mm. yeah, but anyway, they tore down the starlight, unfortunately the screen and everything in 2019, which really sucks. Uh, it especially sucks because the starlight would have had a revival <laughs> In, yeah, 20, yeah, in due 2020 to, due to some virus that yeah. came well, well, and people and would have loved going to the drive-in theater staying in their car by themselves watching a movie i i'm gonna say and it's crazy to think too like i mean growing up in this area uh that we grew up in and knowing uh, when we grew up in this area there was six drive-in movie theaters at the time yeah. uh you, you could go to six different drive-in movie theaters and uh like literally all of them closed on this side of the water, uh, there are two operational on the 
peninsula currently still. Uh, but the, the ironic part was that most um, large municipal areas would set up the screens and stuff like that in 2020 through 2020, like end of 2021, little bit through 2022 uh, ish to, to show movies drive in style yeah. uh, in this area. And a lot of people would be like, I wish the old driving was around still. <laughs> well, I saw or saw some of Empire at the Starlight Drive-In. I oh, also man. fell asleep in the back of the car during Empire at the Starlight Drive-In because I was not very old. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in the but, day. But uh, anyway, uh, we've got, as my parents trick, they'd fill you full of popcorn and then lay you down with a sleeping bag in the back of the International Scout. Mm, yes, the International Scout. How I remember And then you'd the fall asleep. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> the... Uh, Anyway, we've got, uh, it looks like it, it seems like it's somebody and I presumably Chris asking Sarah the question mm-hmm. and Sarah's answering that she remembers the starlight and she saw some movie about a dog and, and the stand-ins or no, Chris says they saw the movie about the dog and, and Sarah mentions they saw the stand-ins and we've got a, what looks like a, what is that? A early iMac. Yeah. It's. It's the whole one unit, everything yeah. in one. Yeah, I had one uh, with those. the stupid CD that wouldn't spit the effing CDs out. Um, well, I, I hated mean. that thing. You could you put one in, but you can't get it out unless you hit like open Apple control super punch <laughs> something to get the damn thing out or use. Not a, that I have trauma over that or anything or use the um, the paperclip trick. Yeah, but there's there should be like a button to eject a CD like it's right. so stupid. Uh, my, one of my least favorite computers of all time, but we will move on with the story. It's also beautifully rendered. And now we get to a uh, young Sarah and Chris and have we called her Sarita before? Uh, this is this, um, as they start to get into their youth and, and remembering their childhood, this is where you're introduced to them as, as their younger selves and who they were. Yeah, well, and this is them as kids, right? We were introduced to their yeah. younger selves as superheroes before. Yes. yes. Um, but this is just them hanging out at the house, right? Talking. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. And and Sarah mentions, or Sarita mentions, I don't know. I'll probably just call her Sarah for simplicity okay. as we go for, if that's, unless you want me yeah. to. That, no, that's, that's fine. But uh, Sarah says, well, then mama told us we were going to the starlight. I thought it was the most magical place. And Chris has starlight. And he's just like, it's just a drive-in. And we find out that Sarah in her head, uh, it was a place uh, for stars to go watch movies. Mm-hmm. Or is that Chris saying that? It, it's, it's Sarah saying in her, as her adult self. As the narrator. As her, yeah. as her, as her older teenage self. As the narrator yeah. of the story. And yeah. And she said, I imagine all our superhero friends were there talking while the movies played. And so you do find out they had met, uh, uh, presumably, and it's always hard to tell, right? Like, were the superheroes, did they really meet them? or? And and this was confusing, I thought, but in a good way, Mm because I think it's supposed to be. But you get the superheroes talking, but I can't really tell if it's, but they're below her. I can't really tell if she's imagining or making the superheroes talk. I, I, or I think this is imagination if, play. That's the yeah, best way to describe or, it. This is her imagining them having this conversation. 
but it's all we, we can also presume that they've probably actually met these superheroes too. Yeah. So sure. it was fun. And then they're going to the starlight and we get the big starlight drive in. Presumably you couldn't have put the big star on the back of it because <laughs> get in trouble. Yeah. There are a lot of things we had to change as these superheroes are the Victorian angels. <laughs> yeah. I guess you should point that out too, as we go. But, <laughs> uh, don't let me miss things. Uh, but yeah, we have the Victorian Angels superhero team. They could have been the something else Angels. <laughs> uh, but been anything. <laughs> <laughs> the and we get little Sarah saying, you know, that the she sees it and she's saying that spells Starlight. And then we get Chris and Sarah walking. But it's interesting because Chris looks like his older self to an extent. Mm-hmm. Sarah looks very young. And I think it's almost like Chris is reflecting, oh, yeah, back then, that's why you spelled light wrong all the time. And now we get older Chris and younger Sarah, and she's asking where everybody is. And he's like, what do you mean? Where are all our friends? He's like, I don't know. I don't see anyone from my school here. And there don't seem to be any other babies. And we get a situation where she just tells him to shut up because now he's stepped over the line of his protection. Right. And he's mm-hmm. teasing her again. And we get some really, a really great page where Krista says, oh, what do you mean? Mom and dad didn't invite anyone else. And Sarah's looking around in a panic and she just says, you know, our hero friends, like, where are they? And he says, you mean like the Victorian angels speed bragger, which I <laughs> cannot tell you how much I love that. You're, not, you're just supposed to make me laugh in the middle of these very serious. I know, sorry. Scenes. No, you are. I think it breaks it up a little bit. And right. the cyclone and the others, um, don't you? And he just says, they're not here. And he's like, why do you think they'd be here? And she's like, I don't know. And she says, because mama said everyone on TV is a star. And Chris perks up and said, they are stars. And so are you, baby girl. Now, let me show you why they call this place the starlight. And, you know, so far, I mean, I was catching on to the story at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'll remind you that you don't have page numbers and how much that annoys me at this point. Because <laughs> I can't reference a page number. <laughs> yeah. And since you have like one of the top comic letters in the world, they could always put page numbers in the pages. But... Mm-hmm. With, with that said, uh, <laughs> we, we have because you, you complained about it in the first book. So we decided to just like leave them off for you forever, forever. <laughs> it was a Travis move. So well, <laughs> you'll be thinking Travis. about that all night. You'll be like, was Greg yeah, joking or was he, was he serious? I'm going to message well, Travis. <laughs> I'll just message Travis and ask him. But and the, Travis will be like, yeah, yeah, we left it off for you, Dan. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> We get the dog, presumably, in the dog movie on the next page. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is swinging on the swings that were always at the back of the theater and just talking about how it's the best, the best, the best. And and then I hate you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you going to break my legs now? Are you going to break my feet? <laughs> Make me know. rewrite a better story, a different story for you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was channeling a little bit of Kathy Bates last night. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's no, it's, it's, it's pretty perfect in the sense that spoiler, by the way, we haven't spoiled too much yet, (laughs) but if you haven't read the book and you want to read it, 
uh, going through these the first few pages. Now. Yeah, turn off the podcast now, read the book, and then come back. Okay. <laughs> and then listen. And I'll put a link to I, I don't even know if you can purchase the book yet. I'll ask Travis if it's available on the on, on the website. On our website. Yeah. yeah. It, it might be now that it's out in the into the world now. Now that um, this has actually been sent out to Kickstarter folks. Yeah, now that everyone's got it, uh, or should have it by the by the end of this week. But yeah, and so if if there's a link available, there'll be a link there. But I'll just say, yeah, um, we've got a big dead Chris being held up by a vine seek. Impaled. Yeah. Well, That's the, a big I mean, dead impaled Chris, yeah. Yes. And, and Brett did such a good job in doing it all shadow like. So it's very Yeah. You killed Chris off off screen. Like Yeah. I think that okay, that was shocking enough, right? We're having this flashback, but I'm sort of getting picking up some clues, right? That things mm-hmm. are happening. Things seem off. Faces are washed and, out during their whole entire flashback sequence. Right. <laughs> and then there's there's big dead Chris. Okay. And then we just get a scene of Brother Cat, Chris, Roger, and and Sarah. And is there one more cat back there? Um but anyway, but no. And Chris just says, that's why you wanted to be called Starlight. So Chris is still alive for a second, but not long because on the next page, he's dead, dead, dead. And Sarah is not dealing well with this for obvious reasons as she cradles her brother's dead body in her arms. Rogers just looks away and brother and sister cat are not happy. And it's very interesting because, you know, I want to pause here and, you know, how I gave I, I've given you a few compliments so far. And yeah. so this is this is one of the the things here at the beginning of the story. I actually love how the flashback is put together with this because you get the end of the last issue. And, you know, Sarah's basically telling Chris he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody assumes Chris is an idiot if he thinks he's going to go beat up the Vine Seek. Right. Right. But these are comic books. Right. Like I, I expect people to get wounded and come back. That's mm-hmm. fine. I think you know, as a reader, we've all had those decisions that we've made in life that didn't work mm-hmm. and weren't rececoverable. You might not have died, right? But bad things happen. And yeah, then you're, the relationship then you isn't it. repaired, right? Can never be repaired. It could be the end of a journey, right? In my case, you know, I lost a job, right? Like you mm-hmm. might, you know, there's there's different phases of life. Yeah. And I think anybody that's made a really terrible decision can relate to this uh, without you having to have a whole comic book of an action scene for us to see Chris die. Right. And I actually think this makes it better. Thank you. I it was one of those things that when when we were writing this out, it it definitely came to our our minds how we wanted to really put this together and put it out there for people uh, to to be able to see it and not have to see it, you know? Right. And, and then well, also and to, to just, be able to connect to it. And I think, and like I said, I think the connection's better because you don't like, if you'd gone through this big action sequence, it almost makes it look like, I want to say almost if you go through the big action sequence, it, om- it would make it look sort of like the sacrifice was worth it. Mm-hmm. And this tells me that it wasn't. And I need to know that, right? Like, I need mm-hmm. to know that his bad decision was a bad decision, right? Like, there was no good that came from the bad decision. Yeah. 
there's consequences and, for your actions. Right. If, and you, there, if you mean them to be good actions, then sometimes things happen that you. Right. There's no redemption. Intent didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so we get back to the flashback and now we see them as Mighty Boy and Melter and have an apartment or they're back in an apartment. And we get back to say, and Sarah says, you know, it's happening, Chris. This is how it starts. I know this. This is my real power. And that was huge. So give me, tell us what you want the reader to believe her power to be before this page. So her, what her ability is, is that she has the ability to, to change matter and to, to, to manipulate it. And she can do it without anything making her do that. Yeah. But now we see like there may be some more depth to this power, right? Mm-hmm. So she's manipulating the literal cells to be able to have a final conversation with her brother, right? Mm-hmm. So then we get into uh, Chris saying, this is my memory. Uh, that is what life is now. And then all things to come are our memories. And she basically looks up and says, you know, hey, are you saying goodbye to me? And she says, no, no, Chris, I I don't want to. And then they flash back to another one of their joint memories, presumably that she's channeling between the two of them. And he says, do you remember this battle? Man, I do. I was all over that thing. We joined up with the Victorian angels and I was ready to fight and prove to the cyclone I was ready to join them. And she says, you were ready, Chris. Uh, you were. And he's like, I wish. I know the truth now. I, was, I wasn't I was ever going to be ready. And, you know, he's acknowledging that the power was within her all along, right? You know, at this point, which we found out in the other story too, right? The starlight hmm. existed in her. So. Well, he had his, I mean, like his power came from the suit. Her power was within-ish. I mean, it was, they, they both get this power from the suits, but she was more connected to it. Right. But the power, like, I mean, the power is tied to her, right? Mm-hmm. The suits don't happen without her, right? Well, I mean, they, they find the suits from aliens and then they put them on and they get their Like powers. Greatest American Hero. Yeah. <laughs> like Greatest American Hero. But not like Greatest American Hero. Exactly. They're not, they're, they're not teachers, right? He's a teacher. But the, the power, <laughs> wow. But again, you know, the power is more linked to her. Yeah. And this is where she starts to sort of fight back against his last request, right? Like he's telling her, hey, you're a real superhero. And she's like, no, I wasn't. I was just a dumb kid. And this is where we get the, you know, the, 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 the last piece, right? Um, and Chris is saying in their, their talk here, because I think Chris has passed away at this point. So it's just the manifestation of what she's manipulating mm-hmm. with matter, right? Right. To get this out of his brain before, you know, the synapses shut down. And, you know, he says, you know, you were the only one of us who understood heart, empathy, healing, and power. You were so innocent and powerful. We were afraid that the world would corrupt you or hurt you or worse. You would hurt others. We held you back to save you and keep you from painful realities. We didn't understand. And she's thinking, Chris, shut up. You're the hero. And he says, no, no. When when you wake up from this, um, when you stand as a real hero, they will try to say my death was your defining moment. They will mark this moment as the moment that made you and they will be wrong. 
and we're getting some flashback scenes from Chris's life and his experiences and to distinguish them separate from hers. And then he says, you know, you won't become a hero because I died today. You were always a hero. This moment won't define you. It defines me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, you know, this is his final moment taking a full responsibility for his stupidity. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and I'm all right with that. (laughs) It'll I'll, I'll be a good memory. And then he says, see you. And then he's, he's gone. Uh, which, you know, he was gone before, but she drops him to the ground and she's in denial, right? She's like, what am I going to tell mom? And she balls up and is, she hates her powers. She just wants Chris to come back. And we transition to a flashback scene for Roger, who's looking at a picture on his phone. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten his daughter a cake with a cat on it and for her sixth birthday. And he starts to cut right down the middle of the cat's face with a big knife. And because Roger is the genius that we've all learned to love in the story, uh, he makes the cake have raspberry icing. And I believe it's red velvet or another red color in the middle as well. So his mm-hmm. daughter is perceiving him cutting a cake. <laughs> cutting a bleeding, cat open. Cutting yeah. a cat open. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife plays back into the story and basically says, look, I thought I married an empathic, smart, intelligent journalist. And she says, you know, get over yourself uh, and start being the empathic journalist. I thought I married is the exact line. Mm -hmm. And is he's his little girl is crying, bawling her eyes out about what's going on. And, you know, again, it's Roger. It seems like like this was like before Roger just became a complete and total asshole. Like he mm-hmm. was actually trying to do good, but he's just so terrible at it. Uh, he's 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 let the world just kind of like crap on him, you know, and he doesn't he's he's not that that good at being a human, you know? Yeah. And somebody just looked at him and said, Mr. McGee, you won't like me when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so but he does lean down and he realizes his mistake in the past and he says, how can I help? And then we get uh In the time span in your search seeker, we have witnessed birth, death, countless galaxies, each which living matter who's, and we got a spaceship flying, by the way, Uh, each which living matter whose power would be unimaginable with the power star core could provide. And here we are with you in this moment, the core within your reach embedded in the body of primitive organic matter, creature of lower intelligence, the star core here in this capsule defended by insects and yet out of reach to you, my vine seeker. And uh, the vine seeks not real happy. No, not happy at all. As they haven't gotten this and they're watching Sarah and Sarah walks and looks to outer space. And Rogers says, how you holding up? And she goes, honestly, I'm not. And then the cat speaks in with his emojis, noting that the loss was great. And he just says, Rairn was our mate before we became pirates. We joined the ship and its captain together as a family, sadly. And Sarah just says, family. And that's the end. And so you have given me a really sad interlude to the story, Greg. And now I want to know how they're going to get off the freaking ship with the Star Corps. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's the end. Oh, I don't think you should apologize for good storytelling, but... um. It gave me personally, it gave me a lot to think about because I think 
any of us, like if you have a sibling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to get too personal about it, but I think I definitely have a sibling that everybody thought probably was a little bit smarter than me and outgoing and had more potential. So reading this, you know, I got to interpret that into the story myself. Yeah. And I think as you read the story, you'll get to interpret some of those relationships too and, and how those make you feel, right? Right. And it was good. And I think the other thing, you know, I couldn't sleep not because I was horrified by the story, but I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, some of the best storytelling. You know, you get people to think about what you're writing and move from there. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I would say too, this is the type of story that could end a comic story. <laughs> Everybody just like check. They're like done. I'm out. I, I hate this book now. I'm so mad. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't mean check no. it out. They're so mad. I'm just saying this could be the end, right? Like they could, this could be a, you know, I could see this as the end of an arc where everybody just, I mean, they're stuck on a spaceship, so they can't just park part ways. Right. But right. You know, this could be the end of a, a story arc where everybody just parts ways. Right. Like a terrible decision was made and we don't want to continue doing what we were doing before. Right. But they can't because they're stuck on a spaceship and they need to get off the spaceship. Right. And they need Sarah to figure it out or, or they're all going to die, especially Sarah, because they're going to rip the star core from her. Right. Right. So as we go from there and, you know, kind of looking at as things move. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see where things go from here. And now I get to wait. Well, you're lucky because I mean, we're, I, I mean, inside baseball on this, uh, we we're actually, you know, we're, we're going into the next Kickstarter, not too, not too far off, but we're going into it with a, um, uh, with a really good jump on it because we're working these concurrently. So, um, it's just that it was one of those things where we were, we were just jamming. <laughs> you know, so you're I mean, about we, ready to go. Well, you know, we like to, uh, we like to be able to, you know, not barring other things that we have no control over Travis being sick or printers not being able to get paper or print things because of whatever. Um, but I mean, we, we really like to be as ready as possible. So everything is, is moving forward. So, well, I'm excited to find out what's next and we're excited for you to get a chance to read this and read yeah. some of the other starlight issues and you can meet us at Ocon Expo, Omaha yeah. Comic Con in Omaha, Nebraska, well, Council Bluffs, Iowa, Council right Bluffs, across Iowa. Yeah. And ask Greg about this in person. You can ask I me mean, and you can talk to Brett who drew it because he'll be there too. And, and you can, can get your comic signed by Greg and Brett. Yeah. And uh, while you're there, you know, get a look at all the art and stuff like that. Grab up all the books if you don't have them because we'll have them. And I don't even think Greg's going to charge you to sign the book. I never do. I never do. I mean, yeah, even, you know, never do. <laughs> I'll say that. I'll just say that. Not unless all of a sudden, like, you know, something in the future makes me have to do that. Like all of a sudden I'm like, bound <laughs> I to love do. that. I don't do it now, but in the future I may need well, to. No, I mean, you know, my, I might not have control over it. You never know. There's why well, I, I also think that's a fair statement. 
so, you know, I mean, right I, now you don't need to charge people to sign the book. I've, so had, you're people, not going I've to. had people actually try to give me money for, for signing the book and the crazy thing. And I will tell you this. I mean, like, like, honestly, like I never really thought like, uh, like a signed book for me would be something that would be of value because I, and this is just me, like, and just a, a bit like, <laughs> how do you connect to your characters? Well, you know, you feel Sarah talks about how she doesn't, you know, feel like she's this or that. She's not the hero. She's not this. Um, a lot of times as a creator, you don't have a lot of self-worth in your, you know, in your creative stuff because you're like, it's just a thing I made because I really want to make this thing. And you don't realize how much it impacts other people or how much value somebody puts on something. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you look and you see somebody selling a signed book that you made on eBay for ridiculous money. <laughs> well, I think the other part of this too is I think I think what you forget and often, which a lot of creators do, it's not just you, but I think you forget too, like the quality of the storytelling matters and you write stories a lot of times that allow the like like I was saying, the reader to bring themselves into the characters that are in the story. This is true. And <laughs> it's, it's good. You're, you're, it's a style of writing. Yeah. And it, that, that's gonna make people, you know, that's gonna make people identify with your characters and identify with your writing. So yeah, and I would say and I, I do want to make sure we actually end this podcast because we could mm -hmm. go on about this forever. And You're what true. I want to say is come talk to us about this. So we're going to be doing some panels at Ocon. Oh, yeah. Come talk to us. We're going to be doing what? Well, at least you'll be doing. I think I'm doing unnecessary debates. You're doing and unnecessary you and Mike debates. Lead that, but I think I may you're going to be in here. No, you're going to be, uh, I think you're, you are a contestant with us. Uh, with oh boy. We'll be leading and you and I and another person, unless we can get a couple other folks. Uh, Mike is on the trail of grabbing up some other people, but I, you are, you and I are going head to head, Dan. We will also be in the podcast room at 11 a.m. on Saturday, uh, oh July 22nd, uh, doing a live episode of Funny Book Forensics. And you're going to hear this episode on the 19th, presumably, mm -hmm. hopefully, and maybe after. But if you do hear this episode on the 19th, there's still time to get your tickets if you're in the greater Omaha area. So grab a ticket to Ocon and come check it out. They've put yeah. up some amazing guests so far, and I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for the show. And and I believe all four of us are doing a comic book creation panel. So where you're going to be, uh, I'll be moderating that one. Moderating but I'll let the experts, I'll let the experts share their knowledge of comic book creation. Badger us on how we how we make things, and and the other two will um, graciously take your questions, and I'll just be a buffoon. So well, and what we really want is the audience to ask questions oh, and yes. I moderate. So yes, yes. what we really need you there to ask the questions. I really don't think Mike and Greg and Brett care about my questions too much. They've heard them. But what we need is your <laughs> questions. So I've got questions. I can ask questions all day. But what we need is your questions in the audience. And you'll That's be true. doing a burn before pitching too as well, right? Uh, burn after pitching. Yeah. Or so burn after pitching. A, yeah, not burn before. After pitching. That would be that would be silly. You that would wouldn't be, yeah, burn something be, before you pitch it. Um, that would defeat the whole purpose. So, I mean, just so just so people understand the context of unnecessary debates and burn after pitching, uh, because other panels are self-explanatory. Oh, hey, I'm going to learn how to make uh, what you guys do to make comics that, you know, or how I'm going to hear you uh, record a podcast. I'm going to record. <laughs> you're going to record a podcast. Unnecessary debates is us debating real life topics like are cats better than dogs um, and, you know, bringing the real 
story to you. I mean, is that, I think that's how it goes. And then, sure. uh, yeah. And then, and then burn after pitching is, you know, uh, Mike and I, uh, we, we get, we have a couple ideas that we, we throw together and, um, it's kind of like an impromptu pitch session where, uh, it's, we get a, we have a small recipe. We have to come up with something and we see the audience tells us which, which one is better. <laughs> awesome. It's kind of it's kind of like what happens when Mike and I go to a uh, a restaurant before we go to an actual pitch session. So there you go. So <laughs> you get to judge you get to judge us all the time. Yeah. Judges. But come join us. These are fun sessions and they're yeah. participatory too. So yeah. it, it's you they, you don't they, sit on your hands in these sessions. No, no. They don't they they don't they they don't happen if you're not there. Uh they're not fun if you're not there. You the audience are a participant in in the event that is going on so you're you're actively participating uh in in each one of these things so we look and i know to you've done you some sense but the last big uh undecided debate i saw was at emerald city comic-con and we're bringing it from we're bringing it from the northwest back out to omaha so we're yeah. excited to see you there it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a good time and if you if you do want to go check it out just look up unnecessary debates on youtube and you'll see all the greatness, all the glory. Well, and with that, I will pitch how to find us. Of course, you should look for Ocon Expo or Omaha Comic Con on Facebook or Twitter. You can also find us on. Are you ready for this? I've got this. Oh, you got it. Okay. Facebook. Okay. Under Funny Book Forensics. All right. You find us on Twitter and Instagram and threads. Threads. That's correct. Like I've you, got threads like I'm wearing right now. You, threads, you got threads, which makes me a threader. You're a threader now. Yeah. Mm. On funny with yeah. the same handle as we have on on Instagram. So funny book four and six. And yeah, come find us and we will be posting these podcasts all the time. But come find us, follow us and we'll let you know where we're going to be at at Ocon as well. And at some point this week, I am going to pick the comic. Oh, that we are going to review in Omaha. Oh, goodness gracious. And I'll say what what I will say. I'm going to stand by my original my original statement. Mm -hmm. If I find a copy of US one. Yes. Number one. Yes. Or two or three or four, whatever. I don't care which issue of the series or somebody gives us one. We will Mm -hmm. do that. Okay, we'll throw everything else away and we'll do that. If someone brings it to us, you have to bring it. But if not, then we'll do whatever Dan prepares. And I think uh, next week on our podcast, in honor of getting to see Phil Hester and Andy Parks, we are going to go back in time oh, yeah. and review Green Arrow issue number one, oh. written by Kevin Smith, art by Phil Hester and Andy Parks. All right. So we have a little bit of a lineup headed in. And we'll move on. And then after the show, we'll get back into our drugs and comics series. So. All right. Sounds like a plan, Dan. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you. I think that's all the pitching we're going to do today, except you can always meet Greg and Ann Smith at the Retro Emporium in Kent, Washington on Meeker Street. Go relive your childhood. That's right. You can. I was walking out. I was walking out to close up the shop today and had a, a, a friend 
uh, walk up with their significant other and introduce me as Greg, the comic book guy. <laughs> See, so. there you go. See, you're famous. So, so it was fun. <laughs> all right. And uh, you can I'll I'll get the link to uh, Starlight. I can I'll either put the link to Starlight Kickstarter or Overcast Comics in the show notes so you can pick this up and read it. And yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's okay, it. I'm cool. done. Excellent. Done. Good, good. We're okay, out. good. Oh, man, it is so hot in here. I am. Yeah. I got to. Jeez, it is. Yeah, I got to open a window it's or something over. like that. And I think yeah. that it's, Cl- it's like. Close it up. I, I can't. I don't. Oh, you're. You're, you're not. Close it up. I'm, I'm, I'm the one. You are in control. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Hit everybody. the stop button.